You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we talk to interesting people with interesting taste in music about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and for the last year, I've been loving the latest album from Montreal-based dream pop band Tops called I Feel Alive. The album is absolutely fantastic from end to end, and each song is filled with loads of jangly, poppy hooks. So I'm very excited to have Jane Penny with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Jane, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Um, so the first song of yours that I want to talk to you about is uh, Colder and Closer. And the reason why I want to, I kind of want to explore it a little bit because throughout the pandemic, you put out a bunch of different remixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always find it interesting when when artists choose to do that. Um, so we're, we're not going to, we're, we're going to listen to the, to the original version of the album, but I, but I'm interested in sort of what inspired that decision to sort of, you know, explore getting remixes done and things like that. Uh, yeah, well, actually it took about like, I don't know how many years, years and years for us to ever even consider doing that. Cause I guess, uh, I feel like there could be a, an aspect of remixes where it feels a little bit like you're trying to like wring out a towel or like, like trying to get it, they could feel a little promotional and not so like sincere or earnest or something. And that's definitely not something. I mean, also you're, you're really just like giving up creative control to somebody else, which is not something that necessarily sits that well with us. So yeah, it took a really, really long time for us to even consider it. And then I think the reason that we did it with colder and closer was just that, the song seemed to lend itself so well to that. And we also had some ideas of who would want to do it. And um, and yeah, like when Suzanne Kraft said yes, and when Patrick Holland said yes, and, and Cecile, it was like, okay, well, we basically have like a dream team of people that would actually be a part of this project. So it really like any kind of doubts that I normally have about remixes were kind of just... Uh, disappeared just given the the people that were involved and then when they handed in the remixes I was like so happy like each one to me is so uh like is so good but in a super different way like they each uh are very unique and and bring out different things in the song so it actually ended up being and then oh yeah David did his like really crazy (laughs) remix um his like Gabber almost remix um which was just fun but yeah uh it was a different thing and I, I don't honestly know when we would do it again like uh it would just have to be it would have to be like another song that's kind of like screaming for it the way that uh colder yeah, closer yeah, was course. yeah well and it certainly seems like, like like your point about sort of wanting it to not like, or rather wanting it to seem sincere rather than like you know sort of keep basically re-releasing the song to just push it on people more and more and more like th- th- that mm-hmm. seems like uh like, like almost like a tricky uh, a tricky balance to strike, but it but it certainly seems to me like the fact that you're now saying like yeah no we're that that's like we're not necessarily looking to do that with like every song going forward certainly yeah that's the uh, the earnestness uh... no I think it's like a collaboration collaboration to me is always like I mean with this this song the vocal I think really it felt like it could go in a lot of directions and we really actually struggled to get it to the point 
like we rebuilt the song completely. We had it recorded as a band and then we went back and like worked on it the most out of any other song, I think on the record. Um, and so that it did feel like there was that space for interpretation. Um, and I think that's what's interesting about remixes and especially like being the vocalist and having my voice like it's just inserted into somebody's song. Like the Suzanne Craft remix to me, there's so many things that are just like completely mind blowing about that remix to me. And I'm so like, I didn't have to do a thing, you know, like, I mean, I did sing the song originally, but that was like, I, yeah, I didn't realize how, how special that is. If just like that, you can just like be giving your material to somebody and then they just like make something with it because we've always been so like do it yourself. And um, I never really had such, that like yeah special treatment in that way right. <laughs> it's cool <laughs> well i mean and and like i'm keen to get your take on like remixes more broadly because th th there's something that I, only recently i've come to appreciate like because you know I, I remember when i was a kid and i was at uh, like like a high school dance and they played i don't even remember what nirvana song it was but they played a nirvana remix and i remember being so offended that like <laughs> how dare they not play the real nirvana song and like but it's it, it does it, sort of as i've as i'm no longer in high school and a you know nirvana purist or whatever um i'm <laughs> certainly like it can be so cool like what so w was there was there like another remix of a song that like it, it sort of inspired the desire to go down that that path there's definitely, I mean, there's, I think there's, is it Tango in the Night? Fleetwood Mac definitely has a remix album and it feels right. like they did a lot of the remixes themselves and it had more to do with like, I mean, they're already such a huge band and like, I guess it was, maybe it's in the eighties and people are, uh, maybe there, maybe there was some sort of like attempt towards relevancy there, but <laughs> what it feels like when you listen to them is more just that they like had some extra time and just went crazy in the studio. Yeah, and yeah. I really like that um, energy. And then also like, yeah, there's some, definitely some remixes, like the Nightingale song by Prefab Sprout. There's like a remix of that song that I think is just like, is one of my favorite songs. I have a couple other songs that like, definitely I like the remix more. Um, and I love that. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not a purist in any way, I guess, like as a promotional, I guess we're living in a funny time, a lot of artists, because on the one hand, we get into these traps of like, mm, it's not exactly like the platforms that we're using to distribute our work are on our side or making any kind of attempt to connect us with our audience uh, often. So you end up, um, you end up making these like really concerted efforts to try to reach people. And maybe sometimes that feels a little bit lame, <laughs> yeah. but then on the other hand, it's like, I mean, I'm would be the last person to blame anybody for that kind of thing. Cause it's just, I already see how it's how stacked against us. These, these yeah. things are. Yeah. So no, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I think oftentimes if there's uh, these like remix packages, there's like one that stands out going all the way back to like the beginning. Um, but it's definitely something that I like.
Um, all right, so uh, I want to get into this uh, this list of songs. Um, oh yeah, Burntholer, my suitor. This is a, so I I I queued up a, all these songs in a playlist when I was uh, driving last night, and mm-hmm. like this one's like super sparse and and moody and and really really beautiful. What do you uh, what do you like about this song? Um, yeah, so I chose this one to talk about because I think for me this was like a really um, just like important song to the development of the idea of tops when we first started the band. Um, just like the minimalism of it and the moodiness, the specific atmosphere also lyrically, I find it really interesting. It's like the, the words are very simple, but the way that they're introduced, it really like the me, the me, you, the meaning like kind of shifts and those shifts hit you in a certain way that I really like that. Just like the video for the song, it's like, she's walking through this kind of like sound stagey, thing and she's like wearing like a blazer and just this idea of like being a little bit more of not being flashy Mm -hmm. and maybe being a little bit more like having an intellectual approach without also being pretentious right 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 it kind of made me feel like there was space um for someone like me um like it was something where i saw a way in to to having a band and stuff that that worked for me and i just yeah it's also one of these songs where like it's very foundational to me, but then at the same time, like I still can put it on and I just love it. And I actually went on this kind of crazy, like tangent when uh, I was getting prepared for this. And I was like, what's every song that I like. And I literally tried to like write them all down. <laughs> yeah. Cause I just, I've been, we've been finishing some stuff with the band, like recordings. And yeah, I really just needed to get my head back into like, other people's music right, right and yeah it's just interesting how like some songs that can be so inspirational to you at some time then like over time like they kind of lose and you're like really i like that like but this is a song that i feel like is like super evergreen for me in that way yeah i i usually like to avoid questions like this because i find that it's 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 obvious and overdone but but you you, you mentioned that this was sort of sort of very important at the at the beginning of tops and and so with that in mind, like wh- how, like how did this band <laughs> come about? Yeah, uh, and I and I and I feel like I have an understanding of the answer, but just uh, mm-hmm. for folks listening who may not be familiar, yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely. Um, basically, like I started singing first of all because David, who's our guitarist, and Sean Nicholas Savage, who has his own whole thing going yeah. on, they were making. Uh, David was making the like, computer beats kind of as a joke, and then right. they made this whole record as a joke, and they needed a girl to sing on it. Um, and they're like, Oh, you're always around. Like you do it. So I sang on the record and then all of a sudden this band that silly kissers that was never really meant to be like a thing was like playing. We were playing a lot of shows in Montreal and doing different things, like even like getting opening gigs and stuff. And then we had a manager and we were like, at some point it was kind of like, wait a second, like what do we actually want to do as musicians? And like David had been really wanting to play guitar more and playing instruments. And it's kind of hard sometimes like when there's a project where it's already like one person doing stuff on the computer, it can be kind of, there's like, it's hard to find a way into that. So we decided to like basically start tops as a way of being uh, just to be like, we want to start a band. And Riley was there recording drums at the same like space that we would go to. He was just practicing all the time. So that was the idea. Also, like, there's a lot of electronic music surrounding us at that time. So it was kind of like, 
yeah, making a decision about what we actually want to do. And then, and then also trying to kind of like carve out our own niche within that. Cause it felt like there's a, like Grimes is already kind of like killing it yeah, <laughs> as yeah. we all know uh, in the, in like that electronic music genre. And it was just, yeah, I think another song, I don't know if it's okay for me to jump ahead yeah. in the song choices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, cause like I chose a lot of some of the songs just because of tops because i feel like that's what people want to talk about but um definitely like the prefab sprout album uh steve mcqueen was like also another just like huge reference point for the entire band i would say um just like looking at like how we can be like a really traditional soft kind of like band that also has synths yeah rather than being like where is the spot between synth pop and yacht rock that we can like live that will be like unique to us i guess right well and and it did it really struck me like listening to the playlist just kind of um you know one song after another how like the it was the influence was clear to me at least mm. he's a matter he's a pattern a model my lover he's a viper a blood sucker, I'm under his odors. He's a crusher, I distract her, a loser for love. Let's move into uh, Prefab Sprout. <laughs> the intro of the song gave me a lot of um, kind of like Paul Simon uh, like energy, and but then it just kind of transitions into like just this really just cracking like eighties pop tune. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess I guess more broadly um, than what we were just uh, describing, what is it that you uh, like about this tune? Well, just first, it's funny that you say uh, Paul Simon because I've actually been. He's like, that's one of those artists where it's like the CDs that your parents have that you listen yeah. to as a kid, you know? Yeah, I feel like for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <of> <laughs> um, um, but I was recently listening to Call Me Al yeah. uh, as I was walking around. Like, amazing song, if you ask me. But um, there's these crazy gated snares. Right. Or no, that snares is the wrong word. It's like a Tom, like a, like a Tom Phil kind of thing. But uh, I, yeah, it was, I actually want to use that song as a reference for something. And I was super surprised, like, Sometimes, you know, you think about Paul Simon and you think like folky, kind of like yeah. boomery, whatever. <laughs> you have like an idea of it. But then I was actually listening and I was like, no, man, like he's he's, he's killing he's it. Fun, you know, yeah. he's in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess. OK, so Steve McQueen, like the album cover for this prefab sprout album, it has it's like there's these three guys and a girl, which was the. Uh, setup of tops when we started and there's this like motorcycle and I guess from the beginning we wanted to be like a consensus-based group as much as we could um and that was like the one thing where like that album cover the band every single song like Appetite is another song on that record maybe one of the closest to a no skips for prefab because I think Patty McAloon's just was like such a studio head and like always right, experimenting right, right. and maybe sometimes 
he gets ahead of himself or something, right, <laughs> let's right, right. say. But yeah, I guess this, yeah, even like the, we have this uh, music video for Rings of Saturn where I'm like, I tried to look like this character from this Agnes Varda movie, Vagabond. And then I like jump on this like motorcycle and it's all just very much like everything was just, we we're just pulling so much from that record. And also Bonnie, I feel like it's such a sleeper hit. Like obviously there's like so many songs from prefab that are fun and like wild horses. I feel like that's one that like, I very, I feel like almost everyone when they hear that song for the first time, it like, just like does something to you you're like oh my god this is so good you know right uh but bonnie is like we put it on when we were in this small town kind of close to tokyo called like metsumoto in like the mountains we played this like tiny little show and afterwards we put that song on and everyone was like dancing and i just i just feel like it's like the essential yeah kind of it kind of an obvious choice but definitely just like it's there's just something so essentially tops about it for me in, in like every way. So I've actually, um, there's another song, like recent prefab song called, song called I Trawl the Megahertz. And it's like at least a half an hour, I think. And it's like spoken word. Right. All these synth sounds. And like, especially during like the winter, I would just like go for these walks and like put it on. It's just like, if we're, I can imagine if you're on like an air doing like on a plane by yourself or something it's like this perfect uh perfect like introspective like mm, soundtrack to depression kind of thing <laughs> i feel like fatty macaloon he really does lyrically he goes everywhere and in that somehow it can like really align to like yeah align with whatever you're feeling yeah well and i i appreciate you not picking a 30 minute song um <laughs> it, it's happened before and it's a nightmare to edit so i uh i really right right it's like and now we'll listen to i try to make a hurts many 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 thanks to you <laughs> all my silence and my strained respect missed chances and the same regrets All right, so let's uh, let's get into Ann Peebles' I Can't Stand the Rain. Um, the, Ann Peebles was an artist that I was not too familiar with, um, mm-hmm. but when it, just in listening to it, it, was, it blew me away. Um, you know, great 70s, like Memphis soul artist. Um, what, do you, what do you like about this song and what do you like about Ann Peebles? Uh, well, I think this song, it's all about the like... Or whatever this like thing, which I guess is like electric timbales. I like read that somewhere, and then I tried to find. I was like, "What are electric timbales? Like, right. where are they?" And I tried to find. I don't know what they are. I guess it was like one of these early synth. Inf- it's either like an early synth instrument, or maybe some kind of form of like rototom that has. I don't know. Right, right, right. I I don't know. <laughs> I'd be interested if anyone knows. Um, but yeah, that was just. The combination of that sound and then her voice coming in, there's something just so haunting about it. And then 
I guess like I really directly kind of ripped off this song. <laughs> I mean, I think it's in the realm of in inspired by, but yeah, yeah, of course. it just inspired me so much that we have this song called Cloudy Skies on our uh, third record, Sugar at the Gate. It's the first song. And we did like a similar thing with the guitar. And I guess there's something about the way that she uses this like weather metaphor, but it's so much more than that. Like, you know, the, the term like pathetic fallacy? No. Like it's a weird, it's a weird word that I always, has always stuck with me. It's like uh, when you try to give like natural or inanimate objects, like a sense of like that they have a human quality you know like you're like it's kind of like a, a little bit of like a projecting of, onto things okay gotcha, like gotcha. how we do yeah, with yeah. dogs like yeah. but I, I guess it's like a literary thing but i do think that in songwriting sometimes there's such a fine line and i just think that it can be a really like for me with the cloudy skies it's like i use that as a metaphor to talk about something that i'm like not comfortable speaking about it's like, like, like something difficult that I went through. And I just, I feel like you can, I guess I, I looked into it and I guess she just kind of wrote that song in 15 minutes or whatever, but I just, I feel like there's so, <laughs> there's so much in, in there. And also the sound of like the, the kind of like weird raindroppy sounds at the beginning, yeah. just really, it just really like accomplishes something that song. And I guess like soul music to me is some of the best music I would argue. Yeah. So that was that, that was that one. Yeah, cool. Well, so something that like, so I am not a songwriter and, and I, I find it like impossible to even approach songwriting. <laughs> um, and, and that's part of why I love doing the show so much is because like, I, I get to like, sort of understand how people like you do this thing that I can't even begin to wrap my brain around. Um, and I'm I'm interested in sort of going back to this idea where she wrote the song in 15 minutes um, because sort of throughout doing this show, I've come to understand that there is a bit of a spectrum where people will like work on a song for like three years and really like hone it in. And whereas then there's some people who will just like throw something together in 15 minutes and it's, and it's perfect and, and it's great. Um, mm -hmm. Where do you feel like you fall on that spectrum generally? Um. I mean, I think that there's a couple of different, I kind of do it all. I think it all right. yeah. happens like that, you know? I know like David will have like these sound check specials, I call it, like where he's playing these guitar riffs while we're sound checking for like however many tours, I guess that's been a while now, but uh, sometimes, you know, there's this one song that we've been working on recently that's comes out of uh, like one of these riffs that he's just been playing forever. And it just, you know, there is a certain, element of like allow learning to allow things to just simmer and like on the back burner and just wait for them to their moment to come um definitely like this song i feel alive on our last record wrote, we wrote it instantaneously and that's obviously like i mean i can't imagine somebody not being like that's the best when it happens right, like right. that because obviously it's like a little bit easier and that feeling of like accomplishment and stuff you could get like get there right away uh but it just doesn't happen that often so it's like there's a lot of slogging on on the way i do i often like when i'm working by myself i often will record record as i'm playing just to try to catch the the moments but uh 
I also don't, I mean, what's this like Leonard Cohen? Is it, I mean, Hallelujah or something. One of, one of those like really obvious songs by him, but he, he spent like years and years. And I wonder, I wish I could say that there's a song that because I spent so much time on it, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah of course. <laughs> but I'm not sure that that's always how it is, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of just takes the amount of time that it needs to take, right? Like, that's kind of mm -hmm. how, it, how it seems to work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't stand the rain Against my window Bringing back sweet memories Yeah, when the rain Do you remember All right, so um, let's uh, let's hop into China crisis, uh, mm -hmm. and we're doing we're doing gift of freedom. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Of course, like that. That was not like uh, I just wanted to make sure that I had gotten the change right. Um, you know, another great like you know sort of new wavy synth pop band. Um, talk to me about why you like uh, why you like China crisis. Uh, well, I guess so. David had this record, this flaunt, flaunt the imperfection. Uh, he had it on vinyl when we were writing our last, the I Feel Alive, the record that just came out. And uh, yeah, we would we would rehearse in, in the basement and then take breaks and stuff upstairs. And he had this like record player and we would just put it on all the time. Um, there's just, I mean, there's so many little bits and pieces of their songs where it's just so, it's just like very much like kindred spirit to tops, I feel like the little keyboard parts and the guitars and stuff. And like this record, I guess it was produced by Walter Becker. Um, and Steely Dan is another like huge source of inspiration for us, especially like our drummer Riley is like such a crazy fan. Also like Donald Fagan solo stuff, everything, just all of it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I feel like you can really hear there's, there is like a like an immaculate vibe, I would say to this record because of, of him. And actually, I was like, China Crisis is a weird band because they there's not like a lot of uh, information about them out there. But I know that they still play shows. Yeah. Uh, Marta, our key the keyboard play player in Tops, actually went to see them, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. That that they're still going, but um. Yeah, you got to respect that. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I was like looking into it, and I guess like a lot of their influences are also things like. Um, yellow magic orchestra or like vangalist they talk about which i found really funny it was like oh i guess a lot of my favorite artists have the same favorite artists as me yeah yeah which is a cool thing to think about yeah also burnt toller the band going back to the first song i guess yeah. they're they named the band after a verna lint song which i think is right. cool because they're like in belgium in the 80s and verna lint is like i, don't, I can't remember where she's from but Sweden or yeah but anyway it's cool to think that they're you know like that song Underwater Boy I feel like had such a huge kind of like moment in right right, right. contemporary like culture just being like on at the cafe or whatever and 
I just love thinking about these other artists, like back then, how did they access this music and like be that they even were like aware of each other and all of these things. I, I find like super cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Well, and it's funny cause you, you, you mentioned Steely Dan, which is like, you know, another one kind of not unlike Paul Simon where it's like, that's my dad's record that he would always <laughs> play. But, that, but then in like, in recent years, I've really come to appreciate the the brilliance of Steely Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it is definitely crazy to kind of wrap your head around like how all of these groups were kind of interacting at the time, especially uh-huh. given the, uh, the, the fact that just resort, like technological resources that are like so accessible to us just were not oh. at the time. Also, like China Crisis and Prefabs brought like these like British bands. They're like always going for number one. Like it's such a funny, uh, such a funny different universe to be in yeah. that they're like making this kind of like sophisticated or whatever. But they're really like their eyes on the charts, and there's yeah. like a do or die kind of uh, yeah. mentality towards like making like hits, which I feel like Tops very much also tries to have this mentality, except that for us, we like completely just decide the parameters that would define what like when our song is right. a hit, because right. obviously we're not going to be participating in like, you know, I'm not expecting one of my tunes to be like on the billboard chart, like top 10, but it's so crazy that, that they actually were, that is what it, what it was then. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that is. Like, I, cause you're so right. Like it, it's such a thing in the UK and I don't know if it was because of top of the pops, like, because you know, you, you presumably you grow up watching that, right? Like just, you know watching all like that was how you found out about a lot of bands and and the way to get on top of the pops was to chart but like yeah you're so right about that sort of that drive for for number one is uh Mm -hmm. is really unique Uh, and then once they get to the top it's like can they make it in the u.s yeah yeah exactly bounce into olivia newton john and this is this is interesting because you know i like i feel like most people i was very familiar with the like the really obvious olivia newton john song <laughs> the like xanadu um, let's get physical era yeah, yeah exactly you know and, and obviously greece and 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 whatnot but um mm-hmm. this this is a song that i was not familiar with and it's it's beautiful like it, it's it's fantastic um yeah. so <laughs> uh, like you know not I don't know why I should be so surprised. Um, but uh, uh, talk to me about Olivia Newton-John, but but why why this song? And t- uh, tell me a little bit about, I guess I could say, your relationship with Olivia Newton-John's back catalog. Well, I guess that's an interesting question because definitely, and something that I feel like is worth noting is that I'm the kind of music fan, like I am such a huge music fan, but I will so easily take one song by an artist 
like from, for example, the song Love Song by Olivia Newton-John, to me, as a recording and as a song, it's a perfect song. It's like the atmosphere, the sounds, the arrangements, the parts, the words, everything about it to me is just perfect. Like it's, I, I just love this song so much. Yeah. And I don't care about her other stuff that she made, honestly. Like it's mostly skippable, right? If we're honest, like I think it's really funny that she had this collaboration with Jeff Lynne because ELO is also a band that I really like, but yeah, like I'm just fully of the, have the mentality of like, like one good song, good enough for me. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of how I approach music, which I guess is kind of like fits into like the era that we're in now, but um, it can make it hard to like classify uh, my taste or something like, but this song, yeah, it's also, I guess it's written by another woman, um, who just, it was like one of these situations where you have this first record and then it's all just like covers of different, it's like this folky covers record thing that people would often do. Um, but somehow they just got it right with this one. Yeah. And yeah, there's just like, yeah, I, it's all about like love and what love should be and, and like wanting freedom and it's, it, it just fills me with the best feelings. Yeah, as it should. Like that, that's, what, that's what you want at the end of the day, right? Like I, one would hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the words I have to say may well be simple, but they're true. Until you give your love, there's nothing more that we can do. Uh, all right, so we're going to get into the, the Delphonics um, when you get right down to it. Another great um, R&B group. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, what do, you, what do you like about this song? I just think that it's like jam-packed with hooks. And it's such, the arrangement and the introduction of the parts is so sly. Like this, is already, it's like, okay, that's to me a huge hook. But they don't, then they just stop. They just, okay, eh, moving on. And then they go to the next part. And then there's this, like, they go, they start saying, like, again and again and again. And it feels like something, like, almost that would be in a dance track now. That would be, like, the chorus or something. Like, it's, again, like, this super infectious thing. And all of the chords, like, I really want to learn what the chords are to this song. Because I just, it has this, like, just, like, intangible thing. I've been listening to it just over and over again um, lately. Um, it also like the, you know, on the one hand is just a kind of a normal love song, but then he, you know, it's, there's this really sexy moment. And it's also just like, it's like an ideal, it's like, talk, it's not just talking about that he loves you. He's talking about like what an ideal love would look like and, and how when you're really in this, then you forget about everything else. Like he's really, he's describing the moment rather than just like his feelings. It's really not a selfish song about love, you know? He has this line about like, I wanted like all the things that I'm going to do, like for you and with you and to you. And it's just like, 
yeah, it's just, it's, it's my, my song lately. Um, yeah. Also, I guess like Silk Sonic has this song, you know, Silk Sonic, this band, the Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, like that. Their song is also impeccable, I think, and a really cool, really cool, like energy to be bringing into mainstream pop, in my opinion. Um, I usually, generally, I feel like if you look at like kind of the Mark Ronson throwback vibes it's not right, really right, right, yeah. it can get in like a cheesy like route 69 yeah. diary kind of direction that's not 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 for me but yeah i like this looks like that the silk sonic thing it really just got me looking into like going back to like yeah and the philly soul thing i think they're really um inspired by and also the orchestral nature of it that it has these like the the drums are pretty small and it feels like a, it feels like you're listening to like just a cool band that has like a really cool snare sound and it's just like a guy singing, but then there's also like an orchestra. Right. Right. <laughs> I like that a lot too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, and you know, as, as was the case with all of these, like I, I, I loved listening to this one. Like it was, it was beautiful tunes. None of which I had, I had ever um, listened to before, um, oh, cool. which is always like the joy of uh of doing this show mm-hmm. when you get right down to it isn't this moment what it's all about girl and when you get right down to it don't you just feel this moment So uh, to wrap up, we're going to talk about I Feel Alive, the, the song, um, uh-huh. and uh, just kind of open-ended question, like, um, what can you tell us about uh, about this tune? I mean, yeah, I guess I already kind of talked about how it happened really fast, yeah, and yeah. Um, it's a fun opportunity. I feel like I have a kind of two contrasting vocal styles that I tend towards, and one of them is, like, really soft, and then the other one is kind of, like, I call it like my crang singing, right. like cranging it, like really going for it. And that's a cool, it's a cool opportunity just to like go, go hard all, all the way. <laughs> Sounding so Canadian. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's, it's like just, I think that we were able to get the energy level, like the, just the song itself. It has an energy to it that really like warrants that, that kind of like belting and, and I'm just proud that we, to have a song, I, I, to me, like, I love it when lyrics hit me, but the energy is of a song is always what I'm going for. Like that kind of like intangible, hard to pin down why, but you put it on and you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's maybe like one of the hardest things to actually get one of the hardest places to get to. Um, so yeah, I'm just like pretty happy with the song and it, it especially like, hearing about like putting out the record during the pandemic and how how it was actually kind of helpful for people like I wasn't sure it's hard to know obviously you're not you're not nobody wrote or created anything for that context at that specific time you know 
But I think in the end, it was like definitely a welcome part of people's lives to have something that just like has a bit more energy when. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. It's it. it I it, she did she done good that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it, it is kind of funny because like something that that's come up a few times on the show, um, most notably with with Nobro, um, because they they put out that song "Don't Die." like right at the beginning of the pandemic oh, and, and there was something where they were like hey is this is this bad to put out a song called don't die in the pandemic and and certainly uh mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if i feel alive is is sort of of a similar kind of yeah yeah challenge. all of a sudden you put on those goggles and you're like ooh. <laughs> but yeah no i mean and and this this was um the first song off the off the record that i heard my 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 girlfriend sent it to me like uh, a few months ago and, and it's funny i had actually um I, I used to play in a in a in a really uh bro-y band based out of kingston um mm-hmm. and we actually opened for you um like three years ago i think were um, we playing like a college show yeah yeah ah. yeah yeah um wait wait was it like a singer-songwritery kind of guy that played piano a lot no 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 for queens at queens right yeah yeah queens yeah yeah and I and I was living in Montreal at the time, um, uh-huh. but uh, but I, it's coming back to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are always such funny shows because, like, also yeah. girls will like flirt with the guys in the band, and the guys will be like, no. Yeah, yeah, no. They're, they're... It's always such a funny going to college shows. Yeah, anyway. no, it's it's it, it was a, it was a funny time in my life for sure, and and it was. Like I remember how stoked we were that we were opening for you all, and it was just like, um, but yeah, it's, but now it's kind of it's kind of funny because like I don't know. I, I feel like I super vaguely remember meeting you actually because you were I'm like, oh, I'm not tall. actually going to Kingston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, t- I completely remember it all. now. I do. I do remember everything in a to a strange extent. But, right. Okay. But yeah, the college shows. I don't know. It's always the pay is always good, but then you always get the feeling you're like they wish that like their student union just spent the entire budget on like little Nas X or something. whoever (laughs) like Uzi Vert or like, I don't know. They're like, they did not want, like nobody was looking forward to the top show. (laughs) It's like such a niche thing, like, which is fine. Like, I don't, it's totally fine. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's always a little bit, there's like that, that one group of people that was so excited and like maybe probably like booked you to come yeah yeah that work at the radio station or whatever yeah, yeah exactly and then everyone else is just trying to get their mac and cheese or <laughs> <laughs> they're in the cafeteria wondering why you set up to play. Yeah. <laughs> when i saw you wanted to spend the I'm going to get you to to plug the album, your socials, all of the uh, all the fun stuff. So yeah, do you want me to say my name and stuff? Yeah, sure. What, whatever you want. It's, it, it's, uh-huh, okay, your, it's your moment. It's your moment. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is my moment. I'm Jane Penny. I'm in this band, Tops. We just put out a song 
uh, called Party Again. We also have like a full length record that we released last year. Uh, you can find us everywhere. Sometimes you have to type in T-T-T-O-P-S-S-S to find us because tops is a lot of things. And we're going to be touring North America in October, November. So hopefully those shows are going to happen and hopefully you want to come. Brilliant. There you go. Nailed it. Love it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jane. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, it was nice. It was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like, honestly, such a treat having you on. Thanks so much to Jane from Tops for joining us this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com. The show is produced by myself, Alex Anderson, and Hillary Johnston. Social media and marketing materials are done by Petra Walker, so don't forget to check us out on social media at Having a Chat. The music is composed by Duncan Briggs and Sugarglass, and if you have time, please feel free to rate us on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.